stay in the game. Be patient. I think things tend to work out if you stay in the game. Anytime that you do something because you're scared or greedy, that's how you lose in real estate. If you're patient and stay in the game, I think you're going to win. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Hello, Best Ever listeners, and welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we'll be speaking with Steve Olson. Steve, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I know we've been trying to get this one on the calendar for a while. So victory, 2021's off to a good start. Yes, victory indeed. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm looking forward to our conversation. A little bit about Steve. He is the director of sales for Fourplex Investment Group, aka FIG. He has 17 years of real estate investing experience and FIG's portfolio consists of over 4,000 units. Based out of Provo, Utah, you can learn more about FIG at their website, which is FIG.us. So Steve, do you mind telling us some more about your background and what you're focused on today? Yeah, absolutely. I think I've been in real estate one way or the other my entire career. There's been a few times where the ADD kicked in a little bit, but never really could get away from real estate. I tried once and realized that was a dumb idea. (laughs) And real estate's always been good to me. I've learned some hard lessons, some valuable lessons, but also been very fortunate to be in the business for the time that I have. I got started actually in college and I've told the story a million times, but basically the short version is I did my first ever deal when I was 12 credits away from graduating. And I found out about it by getting a text message, which this dates myself At that time, Theo, text messages were 25 cents to send and receive. They're like this new breaking technology. So I got a text message telling me I had made 17,000 bucks. There's a cashier's check for me at Tidal. And so I left college and never went back. And ever since then, I've been involved. I've done everything from single family rehabs, wholesales and assignments, raw land and multifamily and development and many stops in many states along the way, and I couldn't be happier about it. So it sounds like you've done it all. You've been involved in a lot of different asset classes. What's your current focus now? What are you currently doing? I have a very specific niche right now, and that is build-to-rent fourplexes. We think there's some really great advantages to the fourplex model. It kind of gives you a lot of the advantages that you get from large multifamily but also some of the advantages that you get from single family rental ownership. So that's the focus. And we primarily deal in the Intermountain West and in a little bit in Texas too. And here in our main footprint, land is expensive. Materials are expensive. And it's really, really hard to buy a deal at a respectable cap rate on the open market. So Mm -hmm. our focus is is developing these brand new communities through a pre-construction model where investors can come in on the very front end and they get a construction loan that we get them set up with. We build the fourplex for them. And as a result, we give them a better cap rate because they've taken a good chunk of the risk off of our shoulders. So it's kind of a win-win across the board. Do you mind going over some of those pros that you mentioned of the fourplexes compared to, as you mentioned, the single family homes and doing large multifamily, right? If I'm listening to this, why should I invest in a fourplex and not invest in, say, a turnkey single family home or say large apartment syndication deal? 
Sure. And I'm not going to tell you, you shouldn't do any of those things because you're talking to a guy that also owns single family and also goes into multifamily syndication. So I think there's certainly merit to those things. Otherwise, I wouldn't put money into them myself. But if we want to just shamelessly promote, then we will, right, Theo? So we'll talk about the fourplex for a second. When we talk about single family advantages, one of the big advantages on those is liquidity. We always know that that market is relatively liquid and the financing is readily available for the most part on those deals. And I think the biggest part of it is the financing on a single family is a true 30-year fixed rate mortgage. You have that interest rate for as long as you want it. Nobody is calling your loan due in 10 years, like on a commercial deal, for example. So the other side of that is every investor, and this has probably been talked about on your podcast before, is allowed up to 10 conventional mortgages. We would call those Fannie Mae mortgages in their own name. So it doesn't matter if you're Warren Buffett, you got billions of dollars, you get 10 Fannie Mae mortgages. Although he could probably persuade them otherwise, but I can't for me. <laughs> you probably couldn't either. So you kind of have that limited resource. And when you consider it, that it's a true 30-year fixed, it's a great way to hedge against inflation and to really put some long-term money to work. That's what happens in single family. And you're lucky that, yep, you can do that same kind of a loan on a fourplex because it conforms to that. The biggest difference is you're going to have to put 25% down instead of 20%. So it's a great hedge against inflation. Now, we all love multifamily too, because we spread our risk out, right? We've got 50, 100, 200 different tenants in that apartment complex. So our income stream is very, very broad. It takes a lot of crazy things to happen for that income stream to dramatically change and put us in a very bad position. So even though a fourplex doesn't have near that quantity, we do have four tenants, four tenants that are servicing that debt that we can count on, that we can spread our risk out a little bit more as a result. So I think that's kind of where the two worlds emerged. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. One of the hardest tasks to balance while scaling your real estate investing business is accounting. Well, realestateaccounting.co takes care of the numbers for you so you can grow your business and revenue. REA helps property managers and investors save time and money by automating back office, financial, admin, and accounting. Starting is quick and seamless, from accounts payable to reconciliations, taxes, and reporting. Go to realestateaccounting.co forward slash best ever to find out how REA clients save on average 30% by leveraging their accounting services versus hiring in-house. With CPAs on staff and being owner-operators themselves, REA knows the challenges of your growing real estate business. Try it risk-free at realestateaccounting.co forward slash best ever. And remember to mention the Best Ever Podcast sent you to receive up to $1,800 towards onboarding and services. That's realestateaccounting.co forward slash best ever. If you're not sure where to start investing or need help taking the next step, mentorship and coaching is one of the best ways to get going. Think Multifamily is a leading apartment acquisition and education company who provides true one-on-one -on -one coaching to help you invest for your family's future. Their servant leadership approach will guide you to successfully scale your real estate business or assist you to diversify your investments in multifamily. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how they help working professionals just like you transform their future through partnering and community. In fact, 
the majority of real estate investors who partner with Think Multifamily get involved in a general partnership within six months. ThinkMultifamily.com forward slash coaching highlights the partnerships, joint ventures, and resources all available through the coaching program. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how to become a member and get involved. My next question on a similar vein. So we talked about why fourplexes over, not necessarily over, but for the benefits of investing in fourplexes. Now let's talk about why should I invest? And you kind of already hinted at this, but I'm going to ask it more directly. Why should I invest in a, as you mentioned, build to rent fourplex? as opposed to just buying a fourplex that already exists? Fourplexes are kind of funny because of this reason where, like I said, it's where multifamily and single family merge right at this point. And what I've noticed is that a lot of investors want to buy fourplexes based on the cap rate that they value them at. They want to back into the cap rate, pay the cap rate that they think is a good deal. But a lot of them want to use financing that is conventional, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, conventional financing which when was the last time a conventional appraiser cared about a cap rate? They go purely off of sale comps. So it's kind of a funny little area because you get investors that are just investing because they have that financing, but they care about the cap rate a little bit too. So the reason somebody's going to go build to rent, and I think specifically on our model, which you're going to start to see more from other people besides us, is people are so starved for a return on their money. You know, put your money in a savings account, Theo, and you're going backwards. So they need to put it into something that's going to get them to work. And they like everything that I just told you, the typical investor does about fourplexes. So cap rates on quadplexes, just like on multifamily, they are compressed. And if you're going to go out and try to find something existing and performing, you can probably do it, but I dare you, contact your local real estate broker and say, hey, pull me some listings on fourplex comps. And you're gonna be pretty underwhelmed for the most part on what you find. They're high prices, a lot of deferred maintenance. They're 20, 30 years old at the youngest. Many of them are older than that. And granted, there are some exceptions to that based on different little submarkets, but for the vast portion of the country, you're gonna be really underwhelmed. So the reason you'd go build the rent is, hey, look, if I can take a little bit of risk here by going through construction and lease up, and I understand the risks that come with that. I'm okay with it. There's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow there, right? You typically have some forced appreciation. You might see the market grow during construction. You might not. But if you can make it through that, like I said, in our model, we have to sell this at a more competitive cap rate, one that's going to make you think, yeah, that's worth it to me. I'm going to come in, put 25% down, wait for my construction to happen, wait for the lease up because Fig sold it to me at cap rate X, versus market cap rate Y, which we mm. usually see a spread of one to 2% on that cap rate. It usually translates into some equity. I'm very careful about promising it, but there's some concepts of the growth and the values and forced appreciation, just like you guys talk about it on the show, a value add, right? We go in, we kick out the bad tenants, we renovate units, we bring rents up over time. A build to rent fourplex is that same concept. It just happens in a different way. How are you finding the locations to build these fourplexes? And then maybe secondarily, are you taking it back a step? Are you doing this one at a time, like buying one pot of land at a time, or is it buying large chunks of land and doing a full-on multiple fourplex on a row type of deal? We go all out. I would say that the smallest door count we've ever had is 100. So you're looking at 25 fourplexes in that subdivision. 
So if you're going to bring that kind of inventory to the market, it's a good amount of doors. It's not gigantic, but it's not nothing. Then you've got to make sure that the local market will support that, that you can get through that lease up, that people are going to be there and ready to rent these once you turn them over. So on a macro level, we're looking at metropolitan areas with a growing population, with a good diverse employment base. That's why we're in the markets that we're in, because they're growing like crazy and people need housing. So that's a box to check. But then you also have to deal with the city and your density and what kind of price are we paying for land versus what density can we get? Will this be profitable for us while still bringing a good cap rate for the investor? So what's most interesting, Theo, there's a lot of nuance to it, but I think if I boil your question down to one thing, whenever you're talking about build to rent, you start with rent, right? And then you have to back into a product that fits that. And if you can't do it, then that's a hard pass. So we're looking at our rent, maybe it's 1500 bucks a door, and then we can start backing into, okay, floor plans and density and amenities and timing. At these city meetings, we can see, are there other apartment developers coming into the area that we're going to have to worry about competing with? All that goes into it. But when you can start with the rents and back into it from there, you're on the right track. I like that concept of reverse engineering it from the rent. So thanks for answering it. So maybe walk us through from your perspective, how this model works. So it's like an understanding of, okay, so are you going out and locating a plot of land and then saying, okay, based off of the rents I can get and the cost of land per density, I'm going to build 25 fourplexes. And then you go out and get the investors or do you have investors first? And then you go out and find what you can afford to buy based off of the investors. Well, we have a pretty broad database of investors and we kind of know what people want and what they're looking for because we're always paying attention to this market. So we know what a better than average deal is and what will attract investors. So with that being said, what usually happens is our land team, they're always on the hunt. In fact, we've got a few that we're looking at here in Utah today where I live. I'm headed out after my interview with you to look at three new sites to see what we think about them. And we're going to look at this and we're going to develop a concept plan. We're going to start getting together the development budget. What's the land acquisition? What's our financing going to cost us? What all of our professional fees and costs and infrastructure along the way to say, okay, where are we ultimately at per door to develop this? And then based on our concept plan from there, what kind of floor plan can we get? And we're not crazy on that. We have a few floor plans that we build. It's not a lot of them. So we might think, okay, on this plat, we could put 50 of our fourplexes that are maybe like a two-story townhouse style floor plan. Because that's how we plat most of them, Theo. It'll be four townhouses in a row, but on the county records, that's one tax ID. It's a fourplex. To a tenant driving through development, they think, oh, here's a bunch of townhouses. They don't know, nor does it matter to them that it's actually a bunch of fourplexes. So from there, we know our development, we know our construction, and then we're going to start looking at income and expenses. What can we rent these out for? What's our HOA going to cost? What do we expect insurance to come in at? Property management, some of these other income and expenses. And so then we can say, if we sell at X, knowing our projected income and expenses are Y, that pencils to a cap rate of six, six and a half, which is about where we're landing these days in our markets. Then we know, okay, it looks like we can make this one work. So we probably kiss five of them for every one that we actually 
<laughs> can make happen. So they say you got to kiss a lot of frogs and we're no exception, but that's kind of a high level summary of how we do it. And then at that point, you send it out to your database of investors. And then at this point, they all know you well enough that they just invest or don't invest. Yeah, exactly. Naturally going to have a bunch of questions. Mm -hmm. We'll say, hey, we've got this project coming up. It's going to be 34 plexes. Here's the pro forma. Here's the concept plan. Here are the elevations and renderings. Here's when we expect construction to start and when you would be done. Do you want to make a reservation? So is this like a syndication model? These people are investing in an entity that's then going to develop this portfolio of fourplexes. Is that how it works? It's actually not a syndication. They're getting okay. fee simple title. You're the owner of the fourplex and you control it. So when you make okay. a reservation, you're signing a real estate purchase contract, putting up earnest money, like a normal property purchase. But you have to wait until there's a finished lot for you to close on. And we'll get you set up with a construction loan. We have local banks that we work with in these markets. And then you'll close on the land. You have a construction loan in place that our builder team draws from to go vertical and to build this fourplex. And you can sell it on the day that it's done. You can sell it 10 years later. It's yours. You're not okay. in a syndication where the management team is making that call. And then last question before the money question, I guess it's a two-part question. So <clears throat> as someone who's going to be passively investing in these deals, what types of returns do you offer? Let's say one of the plots you're looking at today, you end up going through the entire plan. The cap rate looks good decide to offer that up to your investors. When you're doing that, are you presenting them with a projected return? And if so, what does that look like? And then also, how do you get paid on these deals? So the way we get paid, our company is actually comprised of five companies. There's a builder, a developer, a brokerage, a property manager, and an HOA. And those all have their respective profit center for what they bring to the table. The brokerage makes a brokerage fee. The developer makes a developer fee. Property managers obviously make their management fees. So we'll offer a price. We say this fourplex is for sale for $800,000. And that's all inclusive to the investor unless they've got some financing costs on top of that. But all the fees are baked into the cake there. You're going to get a cap rate of six to six and a half. Sometimes it's been a little bit higher. That'll usually pencil to a cash on cash rate return of about the same assuming a 25% down payment and a long-term interest rate somewhere in the low fours right now, which right now they're actually coming in in the high threes, but that's where it would land. And that depends on some of the underlying assumptions, but your IRR will probably average somewhere in the high teens, low twenties over the first five years, because it's taken into account everything that goes into IRR. But I know everybody kind of talks about that return differently. So I tried to it on all of them a little bit. I hope that's helpful. Very helpful. Thank you so much for sharing that. All right, Steve, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? To stay in the game. Be patient. I think things tend to work out if you stay in the game. Anytime that you do something because you're scared or greedy, that's how you lose in real estate. If you're patient and you stay in the game, I think you're going to win. All right, Steve, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I'm ready. Bring it. Okay. Perfect. First, a quick word from our sponsor. Mark your calendars for the Best Ever Conference February 24th through 26th back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies, building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at besteverconference.com. 
That's bestevercomference.com. Okay, Steve, what is the best ever book you've recently read? I recently read a book called What It Takes by Steve Schwarzman. He's one of the founders of Blackstone and a lot of great real life stories coupled with some lessons that he's learned over the years. I really loved it. Excellent read. If your business were to collapse today, maybe got fired from your job today, what would you do next? I'd go fishing. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'd take the five people I respect most out to lunch. And I'd pick their brains and see what they've got going on and what's out there. That is a very unique answer. I've never gotten that one before. Thanks for sharing that. What is a deal that you have lost money on? I know you mentioned you invest yourself. You investing or maybe... I don't know, a fourplex that your company invested in, lost money on. How much was lost and then what lessons were learned? It's kind of embarrassing, but in my younger years, I got scammed once because I violated a core rule, which is you need to understand what you're investing in. If it's some ambiguous thing with some secret sauce that you're not privy to, the wizard behind the curtain is controlling everything, that's a red flag. And when you're younger and you haven't learned some lessons, if somebody tells you what you want to hear, you're eager to believe it. I lost well over $100,000 in what turned out to be a Ponzi scheme. It was real estate related once, and it's because I didn't verify it and I didn't check into it. And that lesson has stuck with me really, really well over the years. On a more positive side, what is the best ever deal that you've done? It can either be financially or some other reason why it was the best ever. The best ever deal I did It was fun. It was unique. It was an assignment of a large tract of land near Park City, Utah. And I got under contract. I assigned it and I made a healthy six-figure assignment fee for what was maybe like 10 hours of work. So maybe it's a shallow answer because it's purely around money, but I thought, wow, that's a cool return. 10 hours of work in that deal. We can't ignore it. No, no, you can't. What is the best ever way you like to give back? I like to give back by helping people in the real estate business that want to increase their knowledge. I love to see somebody's eyes light up that's hungry, that wants to learn. You recognize a fellow real estate addict when you find one, right? They're easy to identify. So I love that dialogue. And then there's a charity I really love called the Operation Underground Railroad that I donate to. And I think they have an excellent cause. Those are two ways I like to give back. And then lastly, what is the best ever place to reach you? Well, you gave out the website at the beginning, but my email address is the letter S as in Sam, my last name Olson, O-L-S-O-N. So S Olson at fig.us. Awesome. Well, Steve, thank you so much for joining us today and providing us with your best ever advice, as well as some of the advantages of the rent-to-own fourplex models. We talked about why you should invest in fourplexes and the advantages that it has from single-family homes as well as some multifamily advantages, as well as why to invest in a new development fourplex as opposed to buying something existing. And as most best evolutionists are aware, <laughs> I was getting PTSD when you were explaining that because I had a experience buying a portfolio of three fourplexes that were high-priced, deferred maintenance, and older. So I cannot agree more with that story. We talked about how you're finding the land, what kind of you look for in these areas. And then we kind of went over a high level in the business model from your perspective, how you get paid, how the investors get paid. And then lastly, your best ever advice, which was to stay in the game and be patient whenever you're scared or rushed when you start to make mistakes. So Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. Best ever listeners, as always, thank you for listening. 
Have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.